Welcome to Talking Jets. <laughs> my name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my lovely co-pilots. I've got Green Bean to my this way, and I've got Matt to my that way. Mr. Jake Asman is going to be joining us right around 9 o'clock or so. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We got uh, like 200-some people in the chat already. Make sure you hit that like button on your way in. Uh, if you want to get qualified for our t-shirt giveaway, and all you got to do is retweet the stream uh, if you want to get qualified, I guess. And then you can comment down below if you're watching this after the fact to get entered to next week's t-shirt giveaway. Uh, but with that, Green Bean, how you doing tonight? Oh, it's a crazy, it's a crazy day, man, of loss and despair and confusion and consolation. We're trying to, we're trying to wrap warm, figurative arms around certain people for certain players. And there's a lot of people upset about Will Parks. That was a, a I don't know, I didn't realize there would be such an outcrying uh, for Will Parks. So you know, I, I thought he would stay too, but you know, obviously for me, you have the Pirines and the Yaboas and all this jazz and. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, maybe some will be back on the practice squad and all that jazz, but I'm feeling pretty even keeled. The thing that really upset me today, Ryan, is this. This is this is what killed me right, <laughs> right here. This. Now, a lot of people will recognize this hat. Let me see it get in the center. This is my hat. This is the hat on my logo. This is the hat I've worn primarily as a Jets fan since 1998, the day after Bill Parcells uh walked Adrian Morrell and Mo Lewis out on the stage with the new uniforms. The next day, I went out to Lids in the Willowbrook Mall. I drove right to the Willowbrook Mall, and I bought this friggin' hat in 1998. I've kept it pristine and clean, and this morning, my fucking dog. And there's this other dog that was over. It's gone now, but I, I'm a firm believer. The dog's from Baltimore. Shit you not. The Baltimore <laughs> and I am of the thought that this was a hit job. I'm not happy. I'm not okay, guys. I'm going to need some help tonight. <laughs> not good. Not good. <laughs> Matt, how you doing tonight? I, I don't know how I could talk. This could not be a worse day for Green Bean with the hat, <laughs> Pirine, Yaboa, Bradley and I. Like, I might... I need like someone to do a wellness check on our guy Green Bean down in Virginia yeah. because I'm concerned for his health. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, a couple of the cuts were a little bit head scratching. It's nothing to go completely bananas over, I think. But uh, a few that made you go, huh, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, it was an interesting day. Interesting day all the way around. Uh, Buffalo Jet fan says, oh, first off, hey, what's up, dude? If you guys are going to week one, Make sure you uh, let us know where you're going to be because we're going to be there. And I think we're going to be a lot L with uh, the Jet Lounge guys. Um, but Buffalo Jet fan, chiming in says Tony Adams, 9.8 RAS score and experience playing cornerback safety and nickel. Like it. Uh, did we add him? I totally uh, missed it. Tony Adams, yeah, they they kept him. Didn't Salah say that he was actually more concerned that Tony Adams would be snatched? Oh, he's listed as a safety. I'm looking at a fucking cornerback. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, Tony Adams. So it. they were more concerned with Tony <laughs> Adams getting snatched up than Will Parks and uh, and who's the other guy? Pinnock. Jason Pinnock. Pinnock. Yeah. Yeah. That was a surprise. I, I, that was that was really surprising. That Dude, was. I thought Davis was gone. That was that was a surprise okay, we, keep for me. 
He's he's free safety one, Ashton Davis. Let's go running out there. He don't have to tackle. He could just run around real fast. It's great. He doesn't have to take any good angles. Uh, Kevin C <laughs> says the Jets keeping Ashton Davis is the stupidest thing I've seen by the front office and staff. What am I missing from the bu- uh, from this bust scrub? Um, maybe he ran so fast that they didn't see him miss the tackle or something along those lines. I got no idea. I, look, I think I definitely thought he was cut. I mean, let's, let's go through this then, I guess. Let's pull up the, uh, here's my little, bam, thoughts on the final 53 man roster. Um, I could pull it up. We'll go over the, like the individual things, I guess one by one, but, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on what were like the most shocking or what you, you didn't quite expect. Uh, I'm happy we kept Knight. I think that was a, a cool keep. I didn't see us keeping four running backs, especially Ty Johnson. That mm. that one felt a little surprising right. to me. Um, keeping Mike White makes sense with Flacco having to start and Zach not ready to go. Um, Denzel Mims keeping on the roster. I think it's important to hold on to him at this point because his value, it's not going to go down. At this point, like we're, like we're going to be able to hold on to him. And if a, you know, a, a ha- injury happens to a wide receiver, either to us or to another team that increases his value even more. I don't think it's going to drop from where it is because he's not going to see the field that much. Um, keeping Nathan Shepard, I was a little surprised about. Mm. You got Vinny Curry. We cut a nine. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess. So let's go around the panel. Uh, Matt, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. What was the most surprising or, or what were your thoughts overall about the uh, the Jets roster and who we decided to keep? So I did get one right. My like relatively hot take that Tevin Coleman was going to get cut. So I want to hang my hat on that one. But I did not expect Ty Johnson to stick. I thought, all right, if that's mm-hmm. the move, then it would be Zodovan Knight with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. But keeping Ty Johnson, again, just add that to a list of things to check on with Green Bean. Um, the yeah. rest of the stuff on, I mean, there weren't a ton of surprises on, I guess, a f- couple on defense, more so in the secondary. There's three, actually, that stood out to me as the, as I talk more, more pop in my head. Javelin mm-hmm. Gidry, because I have no idea who's going to be the backup slot corner now. Right. Will Parks and uh, Pinnock. I thought they really liked Pinnock a lot. I didn't think he would start this year. I thought maybe that's like a a project and maybe potentially start in 2023, but I, they better hope he goes to the practice squad because I thought they were high on that kid. I get the feeling, you know, I'm the same way. I was shocked to see Pinnock's name get cut. I wonder if they think he can make the practice squad and worst case scenario, if he doesn't, you do still have LaMarcus Joyner who's played nickel the two years prior. Now, granted, not very good. (laughs) It's like, you know, awful scores across pro football focus and stuff, but um, maybe there's some thought to that. I, I don't know. I was, I was very surprised by that. Greenbean, your thoughts on uh, the 53 men roster. Well, I think, you know, Matt, Matt touched on a lot of them that were surprising to me as well. I think the ones that stand out, you know, I mean, we, we all could have feelings one way or the other on players. And, and the truth is, this is almost like it's a holiday, you know, in some respects, this is a yearly tradition for us. We, we, we wait for the cuts. We get pissed off. And those guys rarely amount to shit one way or the other. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. we keep them, they end up being, you know, bottom end. And then if they go somewhere else, they're bottom end somewhere else in most cases. 
but it's fun. It's fun to do. We we pay attention to the bottom end, guys. You know, people like us. This is what we do. We we like to to dig in deep, deeper than the casual fan digs in. But the ones that really stood out, Ryan, are are Jason Pinnock, like was like was said. I mean, I just don't understand. In addition to when when you couple that with with Parks, I just find it odd, right? I find it odd and surprising. The other one is even if it's not going to be P. Ryan, who in the one time that they gave him a chance this preseason, uh, did pretty damn well. I just want to make sure I want to make sure I at least say that once in the stream. Uh, he looked pretty good, guys. And uh, so they weren't if they were not going to keep him, I thought at least Tevin Coleman would be there. In my opinion, Ty Johnson should not be on the roster. And that's nothing toward the man himself. I'm sure he's fantastic. I'm sure he's good, great, helps people, all the things. But the guy is a complete liability in pass protection. Had five drops, four on third down last year. Um, he's he's completely unreliable. And like the things that we all have a problem with, another nameless wide receiver that Jets fans seem to not like anymore for uh, you know what are said or similar reasons, Ty Johnson get, go slips by like unscathed. I, I don't understand. And then to cut guys like Coleman and Pirine for Ty Johnson really surprised me. And not just because I like Pirine. It doesn't seem smart to me. I feel like it's dangerous. And Bam, like you said, Ryan, I'm excited for him. I think that was a fantastic undrafted free agent pickup. I like that they let him earn his spot this preseason. He did that with his special teams. Uh, abilities added to what he can do in the back, you know, out of the backfield. I think he earned it, and I love seeing that. Guys that came from the bottom, undrafted free agent, earned a, a 53-man roster spot. I love that. But Ty Johnson confuses me. And the last one I'll say is Nathan Shepard. I just don't see it, man. Like I, I don't see it. This is an interesting one because he's a Mike McCagnan uh, guy, one of the very few Mike McCagnans. Uh, left. Who else is left? Wesco's gone. Adoga's gone. He might be the last one. Mm-hmm. He might be the final Mike McCagnin guy. And he got pushed around all preseason. I know Sala loves him, calls him the king of strain and all that jazz. But at what point do you say, okay, great. He's our only run stuffer. You need that. But he sucks. When do you when do you actually look at what he does on the field and 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 equate that to whether or not he deserves to be on the roster? It confuses me. Now it's not done. We know that lots of shit's still going to change one way or the other. So let's just pay attention. But those are the three that really popped out as surprising to me. Uh, Mr. Downtown. Let me uh, shift this over here. Uh, Mr. Downtown says, we live in a society where Ashton Davis is still a New York Jet. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. all a little perplexed by that. That's like, uh, this is the timeline we're living in. Um, Free safety one. Yeah, right? Like, LaMarcus Joyner is an injury waiting to happen. And yeah. you're telling me Tony Adams and Ashton Davis are your next two up. It feels like we got guys waiting in the wings. Like, I feel like a safety move is coming. I do think that we pick up someone who was cut. Yeah. So I could see, you know, guys I could still see being cut and that are just on the roster right this second. Um, man, I should have put my computer on this side so that way I'm looking that way. But <laughs> I, uh, uh, Ty Johnson... Jeff Smith, Nathan Shepard, Ashton Davis, Vinnie Curry. Those five to me don't feel like they're real safe. It's like, you know, they're they're there, they're safe right now, but I feel like they could get 
bounced um, if someone better comes along. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You guys think we add anyone? Well, just quickly, Jaquiski Tart was cut. And the guy that. from Baltimore, yeah, so he and he played with Salah before. That's a Dom C. Dom C's in love with Jaquiski mm-hmm. Tart. Uh, yeah, Jaquiski. I know Nanny um, likes him too. Yeah, well, and for good reason. I mean, the guy's a player, and he has a history with Salah. And it's like, you know, on on one team, you know, a guy that's maybe not good enough to to make the team. Right now, safety's a weakness for us. So if we can just upgrade where we are even a little bit with a veteran like Tart, I think it would be a good move. There's also the guy from Baltimore um, who is just kind of the odd man out. They they brought on to, you know, the obviously Marcus Williams in free agency and a first-round pick. In, um, Kyle Hamilton. What the hell is his name again? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. I Kyle <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, I'm t- it happens quick over here, man. He's out. I don't like him. I'm done with Kyle Hamilton. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's just the odd man out. So I mean, maybe we uh, have intentions on grabbing one of those guys. You know, that'd be an upgrade. Yeah. Mumtaz comes in and says, I agree with Green Bean. Ty Johnson can't block or catch reliably. He can run, but Coleman was experienced and explosive. You think JD wanted to keep some of the 2020 draft class? Uh, hence Davis and Mims still on the team. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I do think that Coleman has a better shot at making the practice squad and hanging around where we can sign him at a later date where I don't think the other guys do. Ty Johnson really just feels like a placeholder. Like that one feels the most odd, I think of all of them. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Ty Johnson, like 2020 Ty Johnson to where we are now is very different in the last two years. Um, so I thought maybe like going into last year, I thought, Hey, like he might be something here. And then every opportunity he got did not not go very well. So, um, I was very surprised to see that today. Um, one, I was a little surprised that they ended up carrying the four running backs, but the fourth Mm -hmm. being Ty Johnson was, um, Borderline shocking to me, actually. I, I did not expect that at all. Green Bean, any thoughts on Douglas keeping Davis and Mims on the team because of that draft class in particular? Well, I think that draft class has, has taken a few uh, uppercuts <laughs> recently. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hanging on by by the skin of its teeth right now uh, after the Becton injury and uh, you know Jabari Zuniga's gone now and, and everything else. Um, I, I think the Mims situation is going to be interesting to follow. You know, I, I'm obviously I've made it very clear which side of that I'm on. And I'm not convinced that the Jets aren't still on that side. Like, hey, if you can get a third or a second, OK, maybe. But why let a guy like that go for a fourth or fifth? Like now and what remains, you know, what will happen remains to be seen. I mean, who knows? But I think that that's kind of where they are. You know, why take just anything for a guy when if Corey Davis goes down, you know, that he's this he's the guy, you know, you you need that skill set or at least you should want that skill set on the team. So I don't know. But the the, the Jeff Smith thing is interesting to me. I, I don't get it. You know, uh, so supposedly they, you know, Boyer loves him and that has value, of course. Uh, so there is that. But um I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of done with the Jeff Smith experiment, but as far as a 2020 draft class, uh, I don't know, man. Um, it sucks. We were all excited about it, but boy, oh boy, are they having a hard time making it with this staff, huh? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Bumtaz, we're gonna get to your uh, super chat right now. Stone burner, you're on deck with uh, Mr. Downtown in the hole. Uh, Mumtaz says Bryce Huff still on the team, right? Only backup tackle is Max Mitchell. Is that a good idea? Mm. Um, 
Is that a good idea? Not. Love that we kept Cager and Knight. Yeah, I like the Cager and Knight uh, picks. I do think we're going to add a tackle. I, I would be stunned if those are the three we go into. Now, you do have the oh-no scenario of AVT that can play tackle, um, but I would be surprised if we didn't try to go after someone like a Leatherwood or someone, you know, maybe we look for a guard like a Wyatt Davis who was cut. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Matt, your thoughts on, uh, you know, Mumtaz's comment right here. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point with Mitchell as the only backup tackle. I thought, as you know, I don't really care for either Chuma Doga or um, um, like a Connor McDermott, but I was surprised they didn't keep one of those guys around just for extra in case of emergency. So that would make mm -hmm. me believe that's a position that's going to be looked at. Uh, safety is another position that I think is uh, is an obvious one that they're going to look at. And beyond that, who knows? I, I like uh, you bringing up... Uh, did you mention Wyatt Davis? Someone was cut today. Remind Leatherwood and Davis are the two. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, Leatherwood. Leatherwood is that's stunk. why. <laughs> he's been yeah, horrible, he but but he's one I, I think yeah. is like a reclamation project. Yeah, one year yeah. later though, you give up. That seems that seems. There's got to be more new coaching it. staff. You got McDaniel's yeah. down there. Hill. I yeah, think he's, he's probably better. It's true, but I think he's probably better suited at guard than he is at tackle in the NFL. So. That doesn't really help the Jets because I feel like they have a ton of interior guys, but just my thoughts there. Green Bean, I want to get your thoughts on Dom C's comment before we jump over to Todd's comment. Uh, Dom C says, I think the biggest surprise nobody is talking about is our tight end room. Cager as tight end four with Bauden on season-ending IR. I figured Wesco was a lock. Guess it's Ruckert as the H-back for the season. So yeah, it seems like they're going to utilize him as that blocking tight end. Because the other guys, I mean, yeah. Conklin and Uzoma, I feel like, you know, they're well-rounded. But I feel like of those four, Ruckert's the one that screams blocker. Um, Greenbean, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, I think, look, uh, you know, Cager had himself a good camp and a good preseason, right? We we saw it every week. We heard about it, and then we saw it every week. He, he looked good. You know, I think, again, I, I've said this numerous times uh, over the past couple of years, really, but even this offseason, the problem with Cager is not his talent, his work ethic, or anything like that. It's it's his ability to stay healthy. He hasn't had more than a four-game stretch in his entire six years playing football at a high level. He hasn't done that. So it's concerning. Now, I think the fact that you have Uzoma and Conklin and Ruckert ahead of him allows you to take that risk if you think – that he has, you know, what he brings is something that the other guys don't bring necessarily as, a, you know, a, a pure receiving tight end. And if a guy like Yoboa, uh, they think that he gives him, you know, gives him a better chance to accomplish that, like to uh, to have that skill set on the team, you're willing to take that risk. I, I fully expect either or both of Wesco and Yoboa to be brought back if they can. Uh, I think they would like that insurance. I mean, don't forget, Yaboa was on the practice squad last year. We were all bummed out. Oh, he fucking, you know, he should have been capped. And then four weeks later, somebody gets hurt, and he's on, he's on special teams. And then, you know, he had himself mm -hmm. a decent, a decent rookie season as far as contribution. So, I mean, who knows? Um, but I think it, it's definitely that one surprised me a little bit too, but not like in a negative way. I was like, ooh, like that's dangerous. That's a dangerous move. In the same way as Tony Adams is a dangerous move. Now, let me just say this. You guys know I, I'm kind of critical on some of the personnel moves. Like, Salah hasn't proven to me 
in a way that I'm confident about what he does yet, right? I'm not, obviously I'm rooting for him and I'm not throwing stones, but I just don't feel that confident in, in what he's, you know, his methodologies and all those things yet. But one thing I can say is in the event he's taking guys like Tony Adams, Lawrence Cager, and um, Bam Knight, and he's saying, you know what, you outplayed the vets and I'm keeping you, and that actually, you know, works and they contribute, I absolutely applaud that. Like, I saw, I'm totally – it's my favorite thing in the world to see is undrafted free agents, you know, walk-on guys, and they actually get given a shot. We were talking about Wayne Corbett before the stream, Ryan. That's what mm-hmm. happened there. And most coaches look at Wayne Corbett and they go, I get out of here. But Kotite gave him a shot. So I respect that stuff. And sometimes you can find uh, really good gems. And look, Cager in particular played excellent this preseason, and I'm kind of happy that they gave him a shot, even though I'm, I'm a little upset about losing – uh, Yeboah and Westco, for that matter. Uh, before we get any further, got to pay some bills. Uh, fellas, fantasy football season is right around the corner. CeeDee Lamb is good, but have you seen these nuts, these beautiful <laughs> balls? Uh, it's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped, the leader in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their Performance Package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready to kick off, uh, get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Use promo code JETSTALK. Um, yeah, that's I, I heard that's how Zach Wilson got his, uh, his mom's friend. I'm pretty sure that, like, he bought the Performance Package 4.0. Almost positive. And he, I bet he wore his boxers 2.0 also, which are extremely Ooh. comfortable. <laughs> Have you got so <laughs> crop preserver? I'm. It gets hot, you know, in the summer. We had like a three week sure. drought. Well, whew, lubing up the uh, the old <laughs> <laughs> grapes with some of this. Whoo! No more chafing. Love it. It helps the old saccharine. Oh, it definitely does. It That's really right. does. Absolutely wonderful. Important, man. You know, I got to say this too. I'm really happy that we've 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 been able to bring this out in the open a little bit. Like we had to deal with this our on our own for, for yeah. decades, for a hundred years. All you know, balls have been having these problems since the beginning, since cavemen, and we're finally able to talk <laughs> about it. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you for bringing it's it out t- to the forefront. Now we can take care of our balls together as a team. Hashtag my two balls. Uh, it's, it's like me too, but like my two, um, Todd Stoneburner comes in, says, Ryan, do you think LaFleur will be play calling from the booth again this season or from sideline? He seemed to do better up in the booth. He wanted to be in the booth last year. <laughs> Matt's still laughing. <laughs> I, I, I think the, uh, I think LaFleur is going to be up in the booth. I think the only reason he was going to be down on the sideline was to try and help his young quarterback with Joe Flacco here now. Uh, and a little bit more of a support structure in place and a little more confidence going into year two. I don't think he's needed on the uh, on the sideline. Keep him up in the booth. That's where he's comfortable. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, why are we putting him back on the sideline? It, it, it didn't go well the first time. I think it was because they had a rookie. So uh, stick him up in the booth. Let him run wild. Get those uh, creative plays juicing, and uh, let's go. Right Mr. On. Downtown says what are some waiver prospects you see us taking um i think well so i'm not going to say specific players so much but i think safety uh tackle 
are probably the two biggest. Linebackers somewhere in there. Um, that's probably it. Um, I mean, maybe a wide receiver. I don't, I don't know. I feel like Jeff Smith almost feels redundant with Zonovan Knight on the roster, but like, I don't think they want to move on from him either. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on uh, some waiver prospects you think might be uh, there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm still kind of skimming through it, right? Like, it's hard, you know, and th there are just so many players too, right? And, like, you do all this research on guys, and and then two years later, you you know, you forget who they are a little bit, and you got to reacclimate yourself with the thinking. But there's quite a few names that, that interest me. Like Matt brought up earlier, I think it was Matt, I'm really hoping that we bring on a backup tackle, somebody with a little bit of experience, somebody um, that you can kind of know what their floor is. Maybe they're not the greatest guy in the world, but in the event uh, tragedy happens, uh, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get. I would love to see that. I'm not really sure which guys are out there. I was just talking in the chat with Chris DiNardo, who brought up um, Lindstrom, uh, who was in this year's draft, was just cut by Dallas. Uh, you know, and he ended up being an undrafted free agent. I thought he was a fourth round pick all day. Uh, mm -hmm. So clearly I was wrong, but it's like, that's the kind of guy. Now Dallas is more than likely, you know, planning to stuff him on the practice squad. That's what we do. That's what the teams do, especially since the practice squad was expanded to 16 players with the ability to keep vets and all that jazz, six vets. So a lot of teams, this is what they're doing, right? But to grab a guy like a Lindstrom, would excite me even though he's not a vet you know what i mean i think tackle we want to get a vet and i think if we were to back up the center maybe move on from feeney i would love a guy like lindstrom um but i think tackle safety maybe even linebacker those are the priorities from my perspective the nice thing is we have the fourth waiver claim the only teams ahead of us are the jacksonville jaguars the detroit lions and the houston texans uh, so right. it's going to be interesting across the board. Uh, guys, we're working through some chats right now. We got Jets NY up. Then we got Jedi Sonic, Benji Unger, and Landon Han. You guys are all coming up. Uh, Matthew, I'll jump yours to the front in just a second. Let us just go over some of this. Uh, Jets NY says, The fact that JD got rid of so many of his draft picks is a sign that JD is not prideful and arrogant. It goes a long way willing to admit mistakes. Greenbean was kind of saying that just now with the uh, thought of, hey, these are some undrafted guys that could contribute, and if that is the move, you're going to cut a vet or a draft pick to hold on to someone who is a better player, I think it is awesome to see. It's something that we didn't get with Mike McCagnan a lot. He held on to his draft picks, uh, you know, even if they were past their uh, expiration date. Uh, Jedi Sonic says... Who among the current 53 is most at risk of getting cut when we sign someone off waivers? Uh, it's kind of where I was going before. I think Ty Johnson, I think, uh, mm. where am I going? Ty Johnson, Nathan Shepard, Vinnie Curry, Ashton Davis. I feel like I'm missing one. I had five before. Jeff Smith, I guess. Th those would be the five I think are, are possibly on the bubble. Uh, Matt. Your thoughts on who could be getting cut if we add some. Um, I feel like it's dependent on what position you add because, like, if you add someone on offense, cutting someone on defense doesn't necessarily make, you know, make sense. So I feel like it's dependent on who gets brought in. But I agree with all the guys you just listed off. Um, someone, while you were talking a little bit, I was looking at some guys who were cut. And after the Eagles trade today, they cut Anthony Harris, who – 
I might consider taking a flyer on. He's had a you know ton of starts over the last few years. Um, was okay, I, I thought, for the Eagles last year. Obviously, they upgraded today, but um, he's a veteran who at one point was very good and now seems to just be okay, which would be, at least I think, an upgrade to the safety room. Uh, who else we got? We got Benji. Benji's up. Benji says, what do you guys think? Oh, let me get this out of the way. Wham. Uh, what do you guys think? Or sorry, who do you guys think we have more? Who do you think has more? Who do you think? Oh, it's just weird. It's weirdly written. Who do you guys think has more sway with cuts, Douglas or Salah? I can't think, or I can't imagine why they would keep Davis. He has been awful. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's holding on by a thread. I really do. I'm a little, little surprised he's still there. Um, but I would say who has more, more say? It's got to be Douglas, I would think. Green Bean, your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is Joe Douglas's team, uh, make no mistake. But here's the thing, and this is kind of one of those scenarios that I like to, um, you know, when we're talking about a guy like Denzel Mims, they, this is how I look at it. And it obviously applies all across the board. If Joe Douglas, Joe, Joe Douglas makes the decisions on the team, it's his team. He runs the personnel department. He's everybody's boss, right? Uh, this is his baby. But if he likes a guy, let's say Denzel, he likes Denzel Mims. He thinks the world of him. He, but Robert Sala doesn't. Whatever the reason is, they have sit downs and he says, I want you to give him a chance. And Salah goes, OK, I give him a chance. Comes back, goes, I still hate him. I don't like his face. He smells like chicken. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, you know, like uh, hot wings, whatever it is that Salah doesn't like about Denzel Mims, salmon. He doesn't like him. And he goes to Douglas and he says, I'm not going to I don't want this guy, even though Douglas has the decision making power and has the you know, and he has all the control. Wouldn't Douglas be a bad GM forcing a player on a coach who's not going to use him? Whatever the reason, whatever the reason is that Salah doesn't like, and that's hypothetical. If he doesn't like Denzel Mims or anybody else, wouldn't Joe Douglas be kind of foolish to say, well, I'm the boss and you're going to keep him. That's that, Supposedly, that was the rift between Todd Bowles and Mike McKagan. Mike McKagan mm -hmm. just put players on the team Todd Bowles didn't want. I didn't want to use the same. That, that's what happened with Hackenberg. Todd Bowles didn't play Hackenberg for one snap. McKagan used a second round pick on the damn guy. So I think there's a fine line with that. And Salah obviously has influence over the team. And especially if they're working well together, which it, so far it looks like they are. They look like a really good team. Like they get along and, and they're on the same page. So I think all that stuff matters. But ultimate decision is definitely 100% Joe Douglas. Yeah, I feel like there's... Uh... I don't want to say that they're holding on to like someone like Denzel Mims because he, you know, hey, he's my draft pick, you know, even right. if Salah doesn't like him. I, I think it's, hey, there's value in holding on to him. I think it's a conversation more than it is with like what happened with, with McCagnin and, and all that stuff. Uh, bam. Landon. Landon says, need a backup O tackle and safety. Which position do you target first? Who are the top guys at each position? Uh, we spoke about it a little bit. Tart is an interesting one. Jefferson Tart from is it Minnesota? No, Bears. Formerly of the 49ers. Um, 
anyway, whatever. At him, Jefferson from the or no, Tarts from the Eagles, I think. Is that right? No, Tarts Harris from the is from the Eagles. Harris is from the Eagles. God, my wires are all getting crossed. Jefferson's the safety yeah, from tough. Baltimore that uh, I think we might be looking at. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I would look tackle before I look safety for sure. Uh, Matt, mm-hmm. which position would you look at first? Ooh. Um, see, I feel myself going different ways because obviously protecting your young quarterback is the most important thing but you're pretty much locked up with both your starters. I still am not all that confident in LaMarcus Joyner starting for Mm -hmm. uh, the Jets at safety. So I might, I think I talked myself into safety as poor Jets forever is fighting for his life in the comments, trying to defend Ashton Davis. Yeah, Um, totally, man. He's he's fucking fighting him. He's in a corner with a sword. Yeah, Uh, he's down bad right now, but he's doing his best. I think safety still might be the most pressing need. So I'll say that, but you could make a really strong case for offensive tackle. And I really wouldn't fight you on it. Cause that's pretty damn important too. Matthew comes in and says, there is nothing better than looking at a roster and not having to worry as much as you usually do. Good to be back in the live session. Where are y'all tailgating week one? Let's get buzzing. Go Jets. Uh, We're going to be tailgating with the Jets Lounge over in Lot L. Um, That's the plan. Looking forward to it. Uh, We're going to have a whole bunch of people definitely with us in the game. I think they're going to be hanging out with us in in the lot. I haven't really talked to Tyson or Buffalo yet about any of this. Like aside from like getting tickets and where we're sitting, um, so we really gotta we kind of gotta hone it in a little bit. But the plan is to be with the uh, the Jet Lounge guys. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see you there if you uh, want to look up any more of their information. I think it's uh, I think it's all the info's on their website. Is that right, Greenbean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's all there. I was actually talking to Sack over the weekend, so uh, they're kind of zeroing in on their spot. They're thinking more than likely lot D, which is interesting because that's the lot I always tailgated in when, when I was a little lot kid. D? So it, like dog? Lot D yeah. as in, yeah, dog. I was just going to say that. I thought um, I saw that somewhere. I'm glad you said that. Really? Kobe. That's like yeah, the complete a, opposite yeah, side of the building. No? Well, you know, it, it, no, I think, um, I know they reorganized everything, but, you know, I don't know. So the, we're, I think uh, if you go on the website, the most updated information is going to be found there. And maybe maybe Sachs even in here. If, if you are, just kind of throw a comment up there and let us know. I'll keep my eye out for it. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. And uh, the most updated information is going to be through the Jet Lounge. We're just admittedly, yeah. we're just kind of tagging along with them. If they move it to lot N, we're going to lot N. Like that's just kind of the way it is this year. It's going to be a blast. So, though. Lot D is the is that a parking garage or is that on the other side of the uh, highway? Let me, let me it does say lot D I've, on their website, by the way. I've like said, I've been in like that lot. I'm pretty sure you got to take the that like tunnel over the top, like that bridge thing, from where that lot is. I think if I'm looking at that correctly, unless that's not right. Yeah. So lot D, you know, look. So where we always are is lot G. Like you see, are you looking at a map? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you see, like, where, where we were last year is Lot J. Jet Nation is right at the beginning of Lot J, like where it meets Lot F. Mm-hmm. And if you walk across, like, cross over to E, that's where D is right there. 
years ago, that was where, if you guys might remember this, remember the walkway from Brendan Byrne or Continental mm-hmm. Airlines or IZOD, yeah. whatever the hell it is now. It's it was by Brendan that tunnel Byrne. thing, no? The tunnel, yeah. There was the walkway that went over the highway, and everybody used to bang on the walls. It was really loud. It was crazy in there. But uh, yeah. that's where that was. Yeah, I used to tailgate there. Interesting. Yeah, Pat, Pat Dunn is in here saying Lot D, by the way. Ah, okay. D? Yes, it is Lot D. Okay. There you go. There you go. See? Solving Thanks, uh, solving problems. Oh, wait. There you go. Sorry. Bam. Yep. Hey, guys. Pat from Lounge here. <laughs> Lot D. Sorry for the confusion. That's all right. <laughs> we'll get it straightened out. Yeah, it's right. We also can't uh, read, so that's partially on us, too. Yeah, words are right. hard. Yeah. There's Peter lots Chestnut. Of, lots of variables here. Lots of layers <laughs> yes. of obstruction. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Peter Chestnut, uh, related to the hot dog champ, Joey Chestnut says, why is the narrative? Why is, why is the narrative is you guys are hurting me with your words tonight. Uh, why is the narrative? What is the narrative that the jets don't like Mims? Why can't it, uh, why can't it be that the coaching staff is inexperienced and needs to stop being stubborn and play Mims if he only knows two of the three positions? I get the feeling that there's more to the way our receivers need to react to how other receivers are going to react. And I think that's the issue with Mims getting on the field. I think it's like, hey, here's the defense in front of you. Uh, maybe Elijah Moore's next to Berrios. And based on what Berrios's defender is doing, that'll dictate Berrios's route, which then dictates Elijah Moore's route. So I get that sort of feeling, like having to know all the other positions. I don't think it's necessarily run the other positions, but I think it's understanding the playbook as to where those guys are going to go so that way you can make the correct adjustment on your end. Um, Now, I don't know if that's 100% factual at all. Greenman, does that uh, sound like it could make sense? Uh, The Jets don't like him. Why is he the coach that has an experience? Basically, I'm saying like his... Yeah. Well, go on. Say that. No, I was, I was basically just saying, like, I think some of the receivers' routes are dictated based on defensive, like, coverages, and Mims's route may be dictated on whatever maybe the slot has to do. So, like, I don't think it's him playing all three positions as much as it is him knowing all three positions and the responsibilities of each one. Yeah. Well, but I think what, what Mr. Chestnut is saying here is something that I've I've brought up on more than one occasion. You know, I say I think like there there can be more than one reason for a situation, right? There can be numerous, uh, you know, reasons that stack on top of each other and make an impossible situation. And if you're not looking to get detailed and try to figure out what those are, then it seems like there's almost no solution. Now the the thing is, just like you said, let's take nothing away from the difficulty that Denzel Mims have uh, had. Let's say. He did struggle to get the playbook. Let's say he really did lose 20 pounds from food poisoning. Let's say that um, Robert Sala, being a new coach, didn't realize the right way to to reach him. And, you know, they kind of gave him tough love and he doesn't respond to that. He responds to kind of a different way or whatever. There's all kinds of pieces here. But I think when you look at what he's saying here, which is what if the coaching staff just being new kind of blew it? kind of you know mismanaged this particular player and maybe another you know a couple more players that's very very possible all while Denzel Mims's issues being possible as well i think it's just one of those things where 
when you, from my perspective, if you look at a player's measurables and what they've accomplished in their career, there are some guys that you're willing to put a little bit of extra work in, maybe more than some other guys. In my opinion, Denzel Mims is that guy. Like he's one of those guys. Rare measurables, you know, including rare speed for, you know, obviously his his jump, you know, his, uh, you know, his jump catch, you know, what the hell, the jump height thing. He can jump vertical. High. Um, so vertical, there it is. Uh, and, <laughs> We're struggling and, and, today. And look at what you, I'm telling you. I'm like the hat, man. It's the hat. I'm a fucking mess. Um, but you know, you when you, when you look at all that stuff, it's just like he's the type of player that I would think don't throw away so quick. Give the extra minute. Sit with them. Stay after class. See what it is. Work on it. Try to remove the obstacles and see what you can poke through. That's how I see it. Now I don't think that should be the case with every single player. But in this instance, I think Chestnut has a, has a point. It could be that as well. Uh, V-Man drops in and says, only thing Ashton Davis is good at is picking Tua. Uh, <laughs> did you see <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the throw? Everyone was getting like, oh, man, the cheetah is in Miami or the cheetah is in South Beach or whatever the hell they were saying. And like Tua winds up and he puts everything into it. And Tyreek like runs and he kind of has to slide and fall back. And then he catches it and everyone's like, oh, my God, it was 15 seconds into the game. This was incredible. And it was a duck. I think that ball's still in the air. <laughs> oh, God. I really I don't want to see Tua do well at all. Uh, Tom, thank you nope. for the super chat. No comment associated with it, so I'll move on. Uh, RJ says, is Cager staying an indictment on Ruckert? I do not think so. Um, I think wow. Ruckert was going to be here either way. I think he provides a ton of value, and I think Lawrence Cager provides wide receiver depth in addition to being a tight end green bean your thoughts on cager i don't think it's an indictment i think um i think that we have seen the lafleur offense uh, he tried to force feed us 12 and 22 personnel last year which is two tight ends on the field in both of those we didn't have the personnel to do what what he wanted to do so we saw them go out this year. And look, we saw it in the Senior Bowl, too. That was that was his offense. Calabrese was running his offense. What ended up happening? All the touchdowns were tight ends. So there's a reason that we are building the team this way. And I think the idea that we're keeping four tight ends, I don't think Cager's an indictment on the guys above him. I think he's an indictment on the guys below him. It's like it's, it's crazy that a Yaboa would allow that to happen, you know, like from, you know, from a competitive standpoint. Like it just shows that you had this guy who just switched over positions and hasn't been able to stay healthy in six years. He came in and friggin' outplayed your asses. Wesco and Yabo. Wesco's been here four years. Like how how do you allow that to happen? So I'm actually thinking that it's a good thing that they kept four tight ends. I was nervous that they were not going to. Now, granted, I was leaning Yaboa, but because of my concerns about uh Cager's health, but I think it's fantastic. I love to see a guy that deserves it. You know, by, by what he did on the field, actually get the nod. I there's nothing I like better, quite frankly. Uh, Tim O comes in and says, "I kindly want to see, or I kind of wanted to see Zach Wilson on the sideline against the Giants, calling some plays like Kyler did earlier in the preseason." Interesting. I don't know. Is there? A, I'm I'm fine with him like watching and observing. He doesn't need to be calling plays. We got Lafleur for that. Um, Kyler's in what year four right now? Is that right? 
Matt? Does that math work out? Um, it was the Quinnen draft. Yes. Yes. So yeah, he was. Uh, he's going into year four. Hey, year four. Yeah, sure. Let Zach call some plays, but he's only a sophomore. Give him a, a no, little bit of him, a break. Let him sit up top and take notes. I'm good with that. Yeah, take notes. Uh, it's a little Benji. We're gonna get to Benji. Then we got uh, Greg, Matthew, and then Vinster. Uh, Benji says hypothetical. If we kept Strevler, and Zach was god awful for ten games, would you start Strevler? The last few games to see what we have in him, dude. Such a uh, dude gives such leader vibes. Uh, if if Zach Wilson was healthy, I think Joe Flacco and then um, Strevler makes the team. I think Strevler probably didn't make the team because Zach's not healthy, and you need to you know have a, a viable backup, which is what Mike White is right now because he's run snaps in you know camp, so he knows how to run the offense. I think that's. That's where Strevler may be lacking a little bit. Um, I do hope he winds up making it to the practice squad, but I don't know. if Would I start him? No, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd give Zach the entire season. I don't think there's any way I would put in Strevler ahead of him because I think it makes it incredibly hard to go back after that. Matt, what are your thoughts on Strevler? And if Zach was awful, would you have put him in in the final you know stretch of games? Okay. My question is is zach healthy in this mm. thing is he healthy that's a good question that's that's important yeah because let's if you remember no. oh well then if he's not healthy that's a different story but i was gonna say oh, wait, no let's say carry yes on. no 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 let's okay. I, I did that backwards <laughs> let's, let's say, say he yes. is healthy because okay. he's saying if zach was god awful for 10 games would you start strevler the last few to see what you have in him if he's healthy he plays <laughs> no, I think he's just got to play, man. What's playing Strevler the final three games of the year going to do? Yeah, like is Strevler going to be the guy that you're like, hey, Bryce Young's sitting here in our lap or, you know, whatever quarterback you see afterwards. Is that the guy you're like, are you keeping Strevler regardless of what he does and passing on a quarterback? Or look, I, I'm of the opinion Zach Wilson needs three years to show what he's got. And I'm fine. Like if he stinks and you know, shits the bed this year, you want to bring in someone like a Jimmy G or someone of that caliber to come in totally good with it. No problem. No issues whatsoever. You could say like, Hey, this is a legitimate competition, not legitimate competition, but like, this is the guy that's going to be behind you. You stink it up. He's coming in like that. Like we, we got 53 other dudes. We got to save their job. Plus all the coaching staff. Like they're still tied to Zach, but I, I don't think you could do it with uh I think that would be a mistake. Uh, Greg says, can we please celebrate the cutting of McDermott? I don't want to celebrate. Uh, like, yeah. you know, it's a little, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not a sad touchdown by any last year. I mean, he gave, he gave yeah. us a great moment last year. Yeah. Good. You know, you, gotta celebrate. you know, uh, well, let me ask you guys this real, real quick. What happened to the Chuma Dallas trade talks? I was ready to get a fifth round pick for him. What happened? I think they basically, yeah, they basically just said like, "Hey, you're not gonna keep him, so we're gonna wait till you cut him," which is friggin' crazy to me. Like, I would have, like, I would have held on to Edoga and moved on from Ty Johnson because, like, at least Edoga might provide a little bit of trade bait, possibly. And if you like an offensive lineman more than Edoga, and the Cowboys are sitting at like you know the 18th waiver claim or whatever the hell they are at. 
The Jets are at number four. You could get anyone you want before them. So, like, why not hold on to the guy and move on from the running back? That's kind of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that's weird. That stuff happens all the time. I mean, and you say that, like, why would I give up a pick for a player that I know is going to be cut in 12 hours or whatever it is? And and the, the logic there is so somebody else doesn't claim them off waivers. I mean, that's what you have. Or if they're mm-hmm. just free agents, then you got to work. Maybe there's competition for his services and you – and you lose them. So there is logic there, but I would have loved if they were going to anybody that they were going to cut, I would have loved to see Joe Douglas pull out a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick out of one of these guys. It would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, Harry W. I missed your, missed your chat before, but he says, coach said that Mims is the primary backup for Corey Davis. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like that to be, uh, Garrett Wilson, but yeah. I guess that's probably, I don't know, maybe it's, it's too early to see that. And, the, or maybe they're just saying that to fluff his trade value. I, I don't know. No, I think, I think that I is that. his position. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think, look, it's coach speak, right, Matt? I mean, it's like what Sala said the other day in his presser after the game. And he was like, Mims is gritty, blah, 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 blah. And then he says he got a chance to showcase his talent. Use literally used the word showcase which is telling. And then he said, as far as I'm concerned, he's this one of the six wide receivers, unless go talk to Joe. Unless leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, no more, uh, no further questions. Yeah, exactly. M- Mims is here on to the next week. Uh, <laughs> Matthew drops in. Thank you, Matthew. He says, Zach Wilson seen on the field today, walking during practice with no cart and only a sleeve over his knee. If he starts practice on Sunday or Monday, I say we start him week one, a win for Zach equals confidence boost for sure. I want Flacco to get the revenge game. I really do. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I I feel like we're, we're going to accidentally rush Zach back and hurt him even more. The worst thing that could happen is Zach winds up missing extended time because you start him too early um matt i want to i want to hear your thoughts on this one because i know if he's healthy you want zach to start if zach starts practicing sunday or monday is that enough time for you or do you need more time than that a week i think if he has a full week of practice then i think he could play if he's cleared for a full like full participant not none of this just walk mm-hmm. through stuff red you know like if he's practicing legit for a week then i think that's fine we got our buddy jake asman over in the uh the green room right now i'll get him in in uh, just a second i just want to get uh green beans take on this uh so green bean your thoughts are we starting zach wilson if he's good to practice on sunday or monday I agree wholeheartedly with Matt that, you know, Zach doesn't play until he's healthy, but when he's healthy, really healthy, uh, then he plays. But I also agree with you. I think like here we are, we're heading into the season. It's all lining up to be the Joe Flacco revenge game. I think like that's where the momentum is going right now. I see no reason to, to rush him back, you know, and kind of panic and then start all over with, I just, just let's go. Let's get Zach healthy week two if he's healthy and let's move on from there. That's kind of how I see it. But if he's ready to come back tomorrow and you get all this time before the game, it's a different story. When Zach's healthy, he's our quarterback. All right, Jake, you want to give me a thumbs up? You ready back there? Yeah, he is. All right. The one, the only Jake Asman. Welcome to the show, dude. How you doing? 
I am fantastic. The roster is set, and the Jets football is upon us, gentlemen. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's burn through a few of these super chats real quick. Then we'll wind up going over to some questions because I want to ask Jake some questions that we kind of covered a little bit already. Um, NY Jets Tales, uh, going to have you first. Then we're going to go over to Knobcraft. Uh, NY Jets Tales says, am I crazy? In my opinion, we are going to see Bim split time with Davis to be groomed. Uh, Wilson will be on the field ASAP but will stay at his spot, I think, Z. What is he talking about? Well, oh, Garrett Wilson, oh, duh. Sorry. AMAP, Man, I was is, like, AMAP that... is as much as possible, I think. Oh, as much as possible. No, 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 it's not. It's not. I, right. I'm, well, no, the M is way farther from the S key on my keyboard, so I think that's probably a telltale sign. So you might be right, as much as possible. I don't know. Wilson will be on the field as much as possible. That is correct. Um. When Davis needs a break, I think we see Mims there, not Garrett Wilson slide over. Jake, I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think Denzel Mims is backing up Corey Davis, uh, or do you think it would be Garrett Wilson? I think Robert Sala said today, I think I saw one of the beat guys, it might have been Samini, or as uh, mm-hmm. Green Bean calls him, Dick Chimney. Might have been, <laughs> uh, been Samini who had this one. Uh, I, I think Salah said that Mims plays the same position as Corey Davis. Like, that was an actual quote. So I'd, I'd lean with what the coach said. I could be wrong about that. Maybe someone out of the 1,000 people watching right now, which, by the way, shout-out to Jet fans. His fan base is incredible. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Salah said that he's the direct backup for Corey Davis. Greenbean, you think uh, that's the wise move? Do you think you should see Mims on the field if Corey Davis goes down, or do you think you should see Garrett Wilson? Well, I think, obviously, depending on what we're trying to accomplish and what alignments and all that, obviously. But, yeah, I think Mims should should absolutely have a role on this team. And and here's, like, if, if you look at the long game here, you look at Corey Davis, he has no guaranteed money next year, and nobody's throwing him away, but just let's say he has an average or below average season, something similar to last year, and you have Denzel Mims going into the third year in this system and a contract year. Now he's going to know the offense. It, like It all lines up perfectly to recoup that $13.5 million or whatever it is. If Corey Davis disappoints, you already have the guy – on the team. I think this year, optimally, it would be to feather Mims in uh, wherever possible, where, you know, wherever it makes sense, 35 to 45 receptions, uh, maybe even a couple touchdowns, and just see where it goes toward the end of the year. And maybe he's the Corey Davis replacement. Uh, and if there's injury, I think it should be Mims. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about uh, Mims being the backup to Corey Davis? I mean, it definitely does make sense. I feel like they are uh, similar kinds of um, players. Like they're both the bigger body guys uh, on the team where Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are more of the pristine route runners and they'll give you with the speed. But uh, in terms of like contested catches and just bigger body receivers, uh, it's those two guys. So if Mim sticks around, then yeah, I think that's the perfect kind of role for him. And as you guys kind of already alluded to, uh, in, in a perfect world here, if he's sticking, I think it's that he plays well enough where you might feel comfortable moving on from Corey Davis, saving some cap money and have him fill in that role next year. But obviously that's if everything goes well. Uh, I want to throw this in here real quick. We got Vinster says biggest surprise cut either Coleman or Pinnock. Uh, I mean, it's Pinnock for me. It's not like Coleman. I thought if we were going to keep 
especially if we were going to keep four running backs, I thought for sure he'd be one of them. Um, but it's definitely Pinnock. I think the safety position is very, very weak right now, and I think we're going to wind up seeing another move made with a guy that was cut from another team. I think that's probably why it's you know looking that way. Jake, I want to get your thoughts. Bigger surprise, cut Coleman or Pinnock? Agree with everything you said, Ryan. Uh, I was surprised. I honestly was genuinely surprised by the Pinnock or Pinnock. I'm still not entirely sure how we're supposed to say his <laughs> <Right>. name. Uh, <laughs> Coleman, to me, I mean, I was a little surprised, but not shocked because I did think Zion of the night was the better player. I just was wondering, all right, are they going to go entirely youth movement in that running back room? You got Brees, who's in his first year. Michael Carter's in his second year. Uh, Ty Johnson is, what, in year three, and he's the quote-unquote veteran of the room right now. So it was surprising but not shocking. I think Pinnock seemingly came out of nowhere. Uh, Greenbean, Coleman or Pinnock? Uh, honestly, I think Coleman surprised me more. I, I had just kind of I resigned myself to believe. Like, they love Coleman. This is the third team that this staff has kind of had him around. He's the only real vet on the team, I guess, even though Ty Johnson's in his fourth year, I think. But I just assumed Coleman was going to be on the team. I didn't agree with it. I thought we had, you know, younger options. I would hate to lose, Bam Knight being one of them. Um, but I was I was genuinely surprised when I saw Coleman was cut. Um, Matt, bigger surprise, uh, I, Coleman or Pinnock? I'm going Pinnock. I, I called the Tevin Coleman cut in favor of Knight, but I did not think Ty Johnson was going to stick. So I guess I only get half credit on that one, but... Pinnock, I thought they really liked a lot. I thought he'd play and, uh, you know, have a little role here, but he looks like a special team. Uh, not special team, excuse me, practice squad guy. Knobcraft. Uh, Knobcraft comes in and says, this season is all about ride or die with Zach. It is imperative. This season ends with clarity on what he is capable of or not. Also, Ashton Davis making the roster. Is your brain on drugs. Yeah, look, I, I still think Ashton Davis isn't totally safe. And Jake, we were kind of going over this a little bit earlier. Of the guys that made the roster, now let's see if I, I think I can share this real quick. I think I put you on there. Uh, hold on. I got you. I got you. I got you. Bam. There I am. Um, on, there you go. There, we go. See, there you go. I'll hide that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is the, the final... 53-man roster. Of these players, the ones that I feel like are not safe and could be cut, you got Ty Johnson, uh, Nathan Shepard, Ashton Davis, uh, Jeff Smith, God, who's my, and Vinny Curry. Those are the five I would kind of look at and say, eh, maybe if someone good comes by, maybe you consider dropping one of those five. Uh, is there anyone you see as like not safe on this roster right now? It's a great question. Um, I, I, I think for what you said about Pinnock, I would agree with that. You know, you look at the tight end position, you know, right now they're obviously keeping four. Is Lawrence Cager a lock a lock? I mean, Salah spoke glowingly of him today. I don't know if, he, if he's definitely a guy they need to carry. I'm glad he made the team, by the way. I mean, to me, that was a no-brainer. Trevon Wesco, the human penalty. We, we could do without that uh, this upcoming season. You're right, though. I don't think they're done just because one thing we know about Joe Douglas since he's been here, he loves the waiver wire. So they're going to do something. Uh, I think you guys pretty much nailed, though, like the players who are like, they're safe for now, but the keyword being for now. Uh, Greenbean, anything along the lines as far as, uh, you know, who might be cut, who might not be safe? Anything different from what we were saying earlier? 
Yeah, well, I think number one, hello, Jake. I didn't really get a chance to say hello. I went to <laughs> hey, Mr. buddy, Bean. Mr. Bean, there you are. Hello, <laughs> it's, it's good to see you, man. Um, but uh, I think you know what he just said. What Jake just said is is a hundred percent accurate. I mean, we've seen Joe Douglas now for a couple of years. He loves to kind of sign guys an hour later, cut them because you've got a better guy, and then that guy's cut the next day, and he brings somebody else. And there's going to be lots of moving and shaking over the next forty eight hours, I'd say. Um, but the good news is, is we have, like you were saying, Ryan, we're number four on the waiver claim order. And I think that if we do want someone, we're going to be able to get them, which is exciting. But I think uh, some of these guys, the Vinnie Curry's, I'm, I'm legitimately surprised at Sheldon Rankins, uh, you know, mm-hmm. over some of the younger guys. I mean, look, he's a vet. They kind of know what they're getting. Maybe the preseason is just like, hey, we don't need much from you. Just, re- you know, reserve all the gas that you can. Maybe. But somebody like that, I think the defensive line has some options. And Ty Johnson surprises me, man. I, again, I just I think he's exciting with the ball in his hand. I really do. We saw some really fun plays from him last year. But, dude, the guy is a liability all over the place, whether it's his pass catching, his pass protection. He's incredibly inconsistent, and he's scary to me. So I think he might be a guy to go um, before maybe some of the other guys. Guys, I added a poll to the live chat. Uh, biggest surprise, Ashton Davis, Ty Johnson, Jason Pinnock, Denzel Mims. Uh, right now, Ashton Davis seems to be leading the way. Jason Pinnock shortly, uh, or right behind him, followed by Ty Johnson and Denzel Mims. But only 88 votes, so get your vote in. We want to hear your voice as well. I didn't notice this initially when I read this comment, but Knobcraft has the most ridiculous icon <laughs> For yeah. like an avatar, I, it looks like he's eating spaghetti out of a bag. Is that right? Hey, I can relate. I th- I think that's what's <laughs> going on. Or maybe it's a Tupperware yeah. container. I can't really tell. I'm gonna believe it's a Ziploc bag. Yeah, that's my uh, is, my thought. Is that him? Uh, as, uh, probably not. But as a uh, it, getting back to kind of his question and, and the ride or die mentality with Zach Wilson. Um, I think it is imperative that we know what Zach Wilson is or is not by the end of this year. And I just need to see him trending upwards. If, if it looks like he took a step in the right direction in the same way, you know, after he had the injury last year and we saw the, the positive growth, now I want to see a bigger step than we saw last year. And I want to feel really good. I want to feel like we could bring in guys that are excited to play with Zach Wilson in 2023. Uh, but I think, I think I would give Zach two full years, but I would probably bring in competition if like the wheels came off this year. Uh, someone like a Jimmy G or someone along those lines. Jake, you think this is a uh, ride or die Zach this year? I, I think he's going to get every opportunity. He kind of has to, right? I mean, I, I kind of went off on someone on my show earlier. He's like, well, you know, Joe Flat. I'm like, can we stop with this? All right. Like Joe Flacco is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. We all want him to play great week one, but guess what? If Zach's healthy in practices, I want him out there week two because we need to evaluate what he is. So I want to give Zach every opportunity. I believe in the guy. I'm sure a lot of people do, but there's some who don't. And the reality is we got to find out one way or another. He was the second pick in the draft. So he's got to play. You know, unless Zach Wilson goes out there and just flames out and is really bad, doesn't show any improvement from his rookie season, I think he's probably getting a third year. Like it would have to be really, really bad hmm. for him to not be here in year three. You know, that being said, it'd be nice to know one way or another. Like you're either play really well or be so god awful we know. You know, typical Jet yeah. fan luck probably be. He'll mm-hmm. show us something, but it's going to be like Darnold after two years where we really didn't know. So I'm just hoping we get some sort of clarity, good or bad, 
you know, mainly good. I can't go through another, you know, 2020 type season uh, with this team. But Zach's got to play it to answer your question, Ryan. I mean, we got to evaluate what this kid is. Uh, Mumtaz comes in. Mumtaz says, can we shit on ESPN? No top 100 players for the Jets. Have us picking number one in next year's mock draft. Somehow after all this, they dropped us from 29 to 30 in the power rankings. Zach needs to make them eat it. There is nothing better for bulletin board material than saying, hey, this team is going to earn the number one overall pick. You don't. You guys do not have a top 100 player on this team. There's 32 teams in the league, so mathematically, each team should have three guys in the top 100, and you guys don't have any of them. Like, that's bulletin board material if I've ever seen it, uh, and I hope that's the way it goes. You know, the, dropping us from 29 to 30... Maybe that's a, a reflection of our schedule because, look, there, if I'm being super cynical, you could go 0-9 to start the season. I mean, I, I think that's a really grim look at it, and I do think the Jets could wind up, you know, beating up on the Patriots and the Dolphins, and I think you could beat a backup in Jacoby Percet in, in Cleveland. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunities for the Jets to, to win some games. Um, but if you're looking at the national media – I think some of this is them trying to just steer a narrative, get people fired up because we're going to talk about their content and their lists and things like that because we get triggered so easily. Look, we're doing it right now, Mumtaz. <laughs> we're giving them yeah. the time of day. So, Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. No top 100 players for the Jets and somehow we dropped in power rankings and have the number one pick in their mock draft. How you feeling? Yeah. Oh, who cares, man? Just just win some games on the field. I think Frank, I think it was Frankie from Flatbush said it in the comments. He's like, they're going to continue to do that until, this, until the Jets start winning games. Look, I think the Jets are better than the third worst team in the NFL, but they've stunk for 10 years. So I, I, I kind of get why there's an inherent bias from a lot of people when they're talking about the Jets. Um, I think they prove a lot of people wrong, including ESPN for making lists and stuff like these, but they got to prove it on the field. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on the no top 100 players, first pick in the draft, dropping in power rankings after what felt like a great offseason, especially after the draft? Yeah, I know. We got worse. Somehow, we got worse. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but let, but, but right, let's, let's explore this, though. Who do we have that's a top 100 player? Like, who do we think? Do we think Elijah Moore? Do we think Quinn and Williams? Like, who is it? Like, realistically, who are we thinking? AVT? I feel like AVT. Can we, can we say? Yeah. Or not Top AVT, 100. sorry. Uh, Tomlinson. Tomlinson's one that I think you could look at and say that guy could Tomlinson. be a, you know, okay. a top 100 Any, player. I think you could argue Elijah Moore, but I think he didn't do it consistently enough. Like, I'm right. not as beat up as the, the top 100 players as much as I am about like the number one overall pick and being like the third worst team in the league. Um, like, I could wrap my, I could rationalize yeah. the, the no top 100 players. Yeah, well, Timo has a good one. He says, "What about Whitehead?" And that's a good one. Like Whitehead yeah, or was, DJ well, Reed, right? He, like Reed was a top ten yeah. corner before he was a Jet. Whitehead was considered like he was a top three strong safety in the NFL on everybody's list. You know, one here, he was three down here. You could say top five on pretty much every list. He comes to the Jets and he sucks. No, we don't like yep. him anymore. And that's kind of what you see. I just wonder, Jake, do, can do can we talk to anybody there? Is there anybody who do we call? You know, it's 
it's so funny when these lists come out, right? Because it's great for us in the YouTube game, right? Like we get stuff mm-hmm. to talk about, but it's like a different writer each time. Like there's plenty of ESPN. I, like there was one ESPN rankings that had the Jets as like the 21st best team in football, like ranking their mm-hmm. roster. So these lists are subjective. What I think is a joke is saying they're going to have the first pick in the draft next year. If the Jets are picking 1-1 next year, everyone's got to go. All right, Douglas, Sala, Zach Wilson, everyone has got to go. If this team that somehow last year won four games and was picking fourth, oh, by the way, is now going to regress to a point where they're the worst team in football, there's no chance that happens. Like, if that happens, I can't even imagine what that would look like. There's too much talent on this team for that to happen, so I wouldn't pay any attention to that. Well said. Well said. Uh, Yowitz Vin says, can't wait for week one. Let's effing go little fire emoji we're excited to see if you're going to be there dude uh chris bradigan says my question is how many of these guys are easily dumped for better or equal value guys jd is really good at waiver moves who are you looking for for me it's o-line the fact that we have three tackles scares the ever-living daylights out of me that means we don't have a backup we got a starter at left tackle right tackle and a swing tackle Absolutely terrified. I want to tackle. Jake, your thoughts? Well, Chuma Adoga is still on the team, guys. So, I mean, for now, feeling feeling pretty good about this uh, about this 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 tackle depth behind uh, Dwayne Brown and uh, George Fan. Unless I missed the is, news that no, Chuma got cut. I, yeah. I think Adoga got cut. He did. Yeah. Oh, did he? I Thanks thought they were trying to trade yeah. him to Dallas, so I was holding out. Hopefully, I must yeah, have missed that when I was, it was on the radio they, today. It was like right before the four o'clock deadline. They're like, "Sorry, dude." Oh, man, you know what? I can't even make Chuma jokes anymore. All right, well, rest in peace to another McCagnon pick. Never mind. No, I don't feel great about the tackle depth either then. Not that I did with Idoga anyway, so I apologize for that mistake. I didn't even notice that. Uh, What I'd say, though, is this. Most teams don't have good tackle depth. Like, it was a luxury that they had Morgan Moses a year ago. Like, most teams, Mm -hmm. look at the Cowboys. They lose Tyron Smith. They got nothing right now. So, like, obviously – you got to hope that guys just stay healthy because, you know, if you start going down to backup offensive linemen, you're going to be in trouble. You could survive an injury here or there. You can't survive multiple starting offensive linemen going down, and hopefully that's not the case this year. Uh, Paris comes in with a super chat, says, does the panel or does the panel think Zach Wilson's biggest hurdle will be staying healthy? He seems to get hurt a lot, which is a red flag. Uh, the knees are concerned. I think that's a fair concern now that we've had two in a row Uh, the rotator cuff surgery or whatever he had in the shoulder uh in high school and in college because i I believe it was each one i think he he had both done so it wasn't like it's a reoccurring issue and then i think he had a broken finger as well which is like kind of a a goofy thing to have happen like i don't consider a broken bone like a you know an injury like an injury to be concerned about but the knee is is worrisome to me because that wasn't like an overly aggressive cut by any means and like i want to put him in a bubble (laughs) i don't want him to get hurt jake your your thoughts on zach wilson's health yeah i I think it's fair to be concerned about that i mean we're not even two years into the guy's career and we're dealing with two different you know knee injuries so i think that's that's fair i look i'm more concerned about whether or not you know, he's a good quarterback. I think that's going to be, you know, the biggest hurdle. Like, we could live with Zach potentially being injury-prone if we know the guy it can flat-out play when he's out there. We don't have, we don't have the answer to that question. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you if the guy's Chad Pennington, you know, that's okay because Chad's biggest issue, of course, was staying on the field. But you know, before I worry about Zach being injury-prone, I can we find out if he's any good first? Like, that, to me, is the biggest yeah. hurdle for us to figure out first. <laughs> Green bean, injury, oh. biggest concern? I'll tell you, man. 
I'm scared of all this stuff. Well, everything that, you know, the, the injury concerns and then what Jake just said, like, you know, look, we saw him for three minutes or whatever it was in the first preseason game. And all he did was throw a pick and then hurt his knee. Like it's, it's concerning. You know, I just, I can't let myself get too freaked out, but I really couldn't stomach having to start over with another young quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. Like we can't, can we really have to deal with this again, man? Like Zach, we just need to protect him protect him at all costs and let's just have a fucking quarterback can we just do Dude, that once i i really like the idea of just like force feeding zach reps and like getting him as much work as possible i'll go all in on him for three years no care no cares in the world just 100 percent behind him and then by the time you find out like okay like he's not the guy then you have a loaded roster behind you like you you've surrounded zach with so much talent that now when you have that type of uh, star quarterback like a Russell Wilson. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers gets fed up with Green Bay and he's like, yo, I'm going to New York for my final two years and the Jets have a loaded roster. Like, It's not that outrageous <laughs> to think that could happen. We're in a great market. We have a lot of talent as is. Uh, Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. What's Zach's biggest hurdle? I'm, I'm with Jake finding out if he's good or not. Um, I, I think that's really the most the most important thing we have to do here before we worry about the injury concerns. Um, but I mean, you want to throw Lamar Jackson into the mix because apparently, like negotiations aren't going great there. He's liking some tweets. Like, who knows? Maybe you wrong the rights of the 2018 draft and Lamar Jackson comes here. <laughs> yeah, yo, like that would be fantastic. Dude, I would throw what I give him a blank check and you say, hey, you write whatever numbers you want on here. You come to New York. He's gonna look. Worst case scenario, this dude's getting franchised two two years in a row. There's no way they're letting this guy walk at all. He's gonna sign a monster deal. It should be Deshaun Watson plus a dollar or more. <laughs> like I'm sorry, like this guy's been a model citizen since he's been in the league, and he's just balled out. Now, yep. is he? You know, I, I think there's a fair argument. Is he better than Watson? Not necessarily, but the 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 next guy up to get paid isn't necessarily the best quarterback either it's just kind of the nature of the beast uh jake i want to hear your thoughts on uh the whole lamar jackson situation yeah i i'm with you ryan like we we've talked a lot about you know the lamar stuff on our radio show here in houston just because of you know deshaun's contract in cleveland basically set the market for lamar if i'm lamar i'm not taking any deal that's not fully guaranteed for at least mm -hmm. 231 million dollars because that deshaun got 230 he sat out mm -hmm. an entire year is now suspended for the right. first 11 games of this year and Lamar Jackson doesn't need to go to a press conference and be asked questions on whether or not he, you know, it, it, it has ever committed sexual misconduct with 24 different women. I, I, so to me, it's a no brainer. Like if yeah. you want Lamar Jackson Baltimore, you got to pay him 231 million fully guaranteed. And you could say, oh, well, that's not smart business. Well, blame the Browns because it wasn't smart business to give Deshaun that deal. But they're so desperate for a quarterback. They felt like they had no choice to get him to agree to go to Cleveland. So, Jake, do you think it winds up going to that, like, do they pay him the money or do you think they give him maybe a shorter, higher paid deal? Or do you think they go, hey, tag, tag, then we figure it out? Like, that's, I a, think that's a, a gamble. Yeah, no doubt, Ryan. I, I think it's going to be like what happened with Dak Prescott a couple of years ago. He'll play on the tag twice and then he'll, he'll mm -hmm. end up making more money and it's going to cost the Ravens more money, assuming Lamar stays healthy and continues to produce like I think we all expect him to because the cap only goes up as we all know so the money for quarterback is only going to keep increasing next guy up so if they don't pay him now 
Well, after Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow get paid, guess how much more money Lamar Jackson's then going to be able to get? So I'd pay him now. You have your quarterback, like, sign that guy. Us Jeff fans would die to have a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson. So I, I would pay him, but I'm glad, you know, the, the Ravens are still having issues there. Maybe he's distracted week one, and yeah, that helps the Jets win a game at MetLife. We'll find out. Oh, uh, maybe he sits out. That Oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, oh, yeah, yeah sorry, just not going to practice. I'm just going to uh, – sorry. I'm going to sit the out again. The thing ever, though, would be, you know, he doesn't play week one, and then Huntley beats the Jets, and I can, oh. I can, I can see it now. Oh. Get ready for that. God, that's awful. Yeah, Viles drops in, says, six and three to start. We lose to the Bills, Packers, and Broncos. From your oh. lips to God's ears. Yes. Deal. I'm Absolutely. In. I'll sign up for that. If you if you could get hey. me four wins before the bye week, I think we have a realistic shot to make the playoffs. I and I think four oh, wins yeah. is kind of tough. You know, without thinking too too hard, I don't really exactly remember the schedule, but I know we got the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Browns, and then I guess it might be maybe the Steelers. Like maybe those are the four teams you kind of squeak by. Um I guess in this example, we're beating the Ravens and what's the other team that I'm missing in there? Bengals? I guess it's the Bengals. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. That seems overly hey, optimistic. I, yeah. I think it's realistic. I'm in. I'm with it. I'm believing until there's no there's no reason to believe anymore. That's what I'm doing. But 17 and 0 until proven otherwise. 17 and 0. Right. Right. See, why not? Uh, I want to thank Terry Day in the chat for bringing this up. It's blowing my mind. The Vikings just cut both of the players, like the the third-round picks that Mm -hmm. we traded to them to move up and grab AVT. They just cut both of those third-round picks from their roster. So in hindsight, if those were maybe the similar positions that we were going to draft, Joe Douglas could be a genius uh, for knowing that the third round was kind of a, a dip in the talent pool in the draft, so to speak. Uh, Wyatt Davis, a guy we were all pretty high on for the mm-hmm. offensive line, and uh, quarterback Kellen Mond, their guy, and Chaz Surratt, their other third, was cut. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that has yeah, they cut three third round guys. Crazy. That's incredible to me. Both thirds that we gave them. In- insane. Remember when the Jets overpaid to move up? Do you get a guy that's going to be a pro bowler on their offensive line for the next 10 years? Remember that? The national media said the Jets oh, gave up yeah. too much to get AVT. How dare they make such a move? And then all they do is then take Elijah Moore at the beginning of the second round. You know, Joe Douglas oh. knows what he's doing. They got to win games, but the guy knows what he's doing as far as how to run a football team. Oh, 100%. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, sorry, I threw up Buffalo Jet fan. I wanted to get to Tim O first. Tim O says, uh, Greenbean, would you do a chat with Samini the same way you did with Hughes? I'd be Dick Chimney to you, Tim O. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. I don't well, know if he'd do it if you keep calling him Dick Chimney. <laughs> he, would, he would never. Well, you got to look at it <laughs> no. realistically. Number one, I would talk to anybody. You got to look at what, what does he have to gain from dumpster diving to talk to Greenbean? You know what I mean? He's at, he's, I mean, whether we like him or not, he's at a pinnacle. He's with 30 years as you know, pretty much the the grandfather of the uh, of the Jets beat. He writes for ESPN. Like he's, there's nothing that talking to me can give him. Uh, so I I think it's probably unlikely. But hell yeah, I would I would talk to anybody. There's Do you nobody agree, I wouldn't I- talk. I disagree with that. He could get a lot out of it. He could raise his Q score with this fan base. I think Connor Hughes deserves a lot of credit for coming on with you, answering mm-hmm, your great. questions, interacting with the fans. If Samini would come on with you, I think 
it would go a long way towards kind of fixing the discourse between the Jets beat and this fan base. I, I think there'd be a ton of value for him to do it. And don't mm-hmm. sell yourself short. You represent a large, a large um, contingency in this fan base. And, and Rich could benefit immensely from going on your show. I totally think he could. Dude, I think Hughes absolutely benefited from going on. Like, the Jets YouTube was ready to, like, you know, put him up, <laughs> you know, light him on fire. Like, that, that's what it was. And then, like, you go into this Green Bean interview, and all of us were sitting in there watching. It was captivating stuff. If you guys in the chat have not seen the Green Bean Hughes interview, you gotta see it. Absolutely gotta see it. Um, and I, I have far more respect for Connor Hughes now than... I did, and he was one of the guys that I would say I, I probably liked more than than some of the other guys. But I appreciate what he did, you know, owning up to like, hey, made a little bit of a mistake. I'm gonna come on, want to talk face to face. I want to air it out. And you did a great job asking him questions. It wasn't like you know slanted in any way. It was like, hey, you're not pulling punches. It's a great interview. Yeah, that was fun. And and that's a, and, and look, that's a good point. And I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll reach out to him. Let's see. Let's do it. Let's see do it. Get phenomenal. <laughs> we'll get we'll get all of Jets YouTube on there and just <laughs> Dick Chimney <laughs> eggplants yeah. and chimneys and the emojis. Well, you know what? Like, look, Connor <laughs> Hughes came out and said, "I love the nickname." You know, a country club Connor. It wasn't yeah. created to be kind. It was actually a shot. You know what I mean? That's a Frankie yeah. from Flatbush. Um, but he said, "You know what?" I like it. Like that was the first thing he said. Whoever thought Green Bean mm-hmm. and Country Club Connor would? I was like, look at this. That's the way to do it. You embrace it. Let's see if if Rich could accept Dick Chimney. See where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's a different level. Uh, Famous Jay, yeah. thank you so much for joining the membership tier. Uh, you've been a member for a little bit now, but drop some emojis, some J E T S, some. Uh, milfs things like that in the chat let's see some of those uh, emojis pop up there buffalo jet fan drops in says like jd's humility cutting former draft picks in pinnock hamsa zuniga tells me they aren't keeping ashton davis because of pedigree but they believe in his game jake how you feel about this I think Buffalo Jet fan is is spot on here. I I don't think they kept Ashton Davis because he was a third round pick. I think they believe he's one of their better safeties, and that's why we disagree with it. We're not there every day like the coaches are around this guy, so I understand all that. But I I agree with the the premise there from the Buffalo Jet fan because you look at this 2020 draft right now. I mean, it's abysmal. Let's call it for what it is. We're all excited about 2021, mm-hmm. 2022. Certainly looks promising so far. Before these guys actually play regular season games but the 2020 draft looks awful and you know moving on from those three players mentioned in the super chat there uh just continues to emphasize how poor that first draft was green bean your thoughts on jd's humility and holding on to davis being more about his uh pedigree uh not about his pedigree but about right. his actual right. game yeah, I I agree with what Buffalo's saying here. I mean, it's it's the it's the mark of a GM that that has the emotions removed. Now you could look at, you know, um, up until this point, Ashton Davis, Lamichael Pirine, Jabari Zaniga. You could, if they all stayed, I think we would be talking about the opposite sentiment. You know, like look, these guys are clearly here because they were Joe Douglas draft picks. He's going to try and and hold on to them, and you know, as many chances as they get. But you look at it, you know, a lot of those guys 
were cut. You know, guys that he brought on, even like Javelin Guidry was an undrafted free agent and and on and on. There's a, quite a few of those guys that are, you know, his. And if they're not best for the team, and this is what I was talking about before, if, you know, the general manager has the final say, but what kind of GM would he be if he's forcing players that the coaches just don't want or, you know, they don't feel like they could use? How good of a GM are you if you're forcing them to keep guys because you drafted them for Adam Gase three years ago? So I think it show, it's definitely a good sign. It shows a lot about Joe Douglas. We have ourselves a GM that knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. And I think uh, he knows, you know, when to make the right moves. Now, if the, we still got to see if his picks actually manifest into NFL players, that still remains to be seen. But he's still actually, uh, he looks like he knows what he's doing. I think this is a good sign. Yeah, I almost feel like I, I don't want to give him a pass on the 2020 draft, but because of COVID, because of Adam Gase, like there were ex- there were, there were factors outside for that particular draft that kind of give me the like, eh, you know, I, I can I can live with it a little bit. Like when I look at the last two drafts, they feel vastly different than what that Becton Mims draft looked like, I, I, like even a year yeah. after it. Um, you know, Matt, what are your thoughts on holding on to Ashton Davis because of the belief in his game versus pedigree? Yeah, I mean – uh, clearly, I, I want to preface this. I'm not the biggest Ashton guy, but I think the reasoning behind why they would keep him would be because they like his athletic upside. Um, obviously, he's, there's no denying that he's a phenomenal athlete. He has great speed. Um, it's just I question at times uh, the football IQ, and I think they believe they could teach him that, but they can't teach someone else his physical traits. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why they like him and are keeping him around that would be my best guess anyway yeah it's the belief in their their teaching skills with the the little block of clay that they have that's you know that that's kind of you can't teach speed uh johnny p johnny p says i don't touch lamar jackson quarterbacks like him and cam newton do not last i disagree Mm. i think they are vastly different quarterbacks because cam used to use his body like a battering ram the same way josh allen does i would say lamar jackson is similar to i don't i think he's the closest thing we've seen to like michael vick since michael vick and michael vick still took shots lamar really doesn't lamar knows how to get down i would say him and kyler are similar in that respect they don't take big hits and i think as long as they don't and they play that kind of peyton manning eli manning just get down and live to fight another down he's gonna have a long career now all it takes is one good shot to the knee, and then all of a sudden you're you're, you're talking like a whole lot of maybe he's not going to cut anymore, maybe he's not going to you know, maybe he's going to lose a step. Um, I don't know, Jake. Any thought to uh, not touching a quarterback like Lamar? I mean, Lamar would be the the best quarterback the Jets have had since Joe Namath the second he took a snap for this team. <laughs> I mean, how how yep. many Jet quarterbacks besides Namath have MVPs on their resume? Right. So let's not go crazy here. I understand that Lamar hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. That you could question, you know, is he good enough to beat you as a passer? But, I mean, you, you could do a lot worse than Lamar Jackson. As long as you have the coach that's willing to tailor the offense to his skill set. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a top-ten quarterback in football today. I, I'd have no issue if the Jets had a quarterback as good as that guy, you know, under center. I mean, we're, we're dying for Zach Wilson to be competent, right? Lamar Jackson, at the minimum, you know, is an above-average NFL quarterback. The Jets have not had that in years. 
Yeah, could you imagine him in this offense too with the tight ends we have and the running backs we have? Mm. Like all of a sudden, like it opens the door. Like, of course we have good wide receivers and stuff, but like these are wide receivers that can operate within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage really well. And Lamar can hit those kinds of passes. I I like Lamar a lot. I I disagree with some of our uh, uh, Johnny P there. Uh, Mumtaz says 900 or so watching, like button not working. Yeah, guys, hit that like button. If you're enjoying uh, what's going on on the stream, if you like having Jake on, uh, talking football with us, hit the like button. We got uh, Joe Blewett coming on with us next week. Very excited for that. Uh, Daniel Murphy says, Clemens told JD that he made the roster today. That is the (laughs) most true comment I have seen thus far. I love Michael Clemens, and I love the Chuck Norrisy type vibe that he has. Like any Chuck Norris joke that you could think of, you could slap Michael Clemens' name in there, and it just fits to a T. Like this is the most intense mother trucker I've ever seen. Jake, how you feeling about Mr. Michael Clemens? I love Clemens. Can we get him a real number though? Like I'd love to get his jersey <laughs> from Parts Unknown if he's actually good. But seventy-two is ugly. Get him a real number, and then then we're really getting something going here with Michael Clemens. I'm excited for him though. I, look, I know it's preseason. You don't always want to overreact. But I think he's shown enough where he should be really a part of this defensive line rotation. Like, let him rush the passer. Let him go out there mm-hmm. and see if he can make something happy. I, I, I like what we've seen in, in these three games that he's been out there. Guys, in the live chat, we have a poll question going. We have 400 votes. Question is, what was the biggest surprise of the 53-man roster. Was it Ashton Davis or Ty Johnson making the roster, uh, Pinnock not making the roster, or Denzel Mims still being on the team? Lots of stuff to go into. Uh, it's, a, it's like a dead heat right now between Davis and Pinnock. But let us know your thoughts on that question. Uh, Pat Dunn says, Considering Gase didn't report to Joe Douglas, how much do you think he had uh, in the 2020 draft? Or how much input? I think it's a completely different offense. Like when I look at P Ryan, when I look at, uh, I don't know. I, I can I can look at Morgan, and I can look at some of the picks and be like, you know, that feels like it's picked more so for the coaching staff. Like I don't think Douglas was going to try and sabotage Gase into into failing. I think he legitimately tried to get guys that would fit his scheme. And he'd want on the roster. Um, I don't know, Matt. What are what are your thoughts on how Gase didn't report to Joe Douglas? So how much say do you think Gase had? We we sort of talked a little bit about this earlier with the like who has the most say in cutting a player. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, I think pretty much since uh, the second James Morgan was picked, I was putting that on uh, Adam Gase and saying that doesn't count towards Joe Douglas's resume. So yeah, I'm down to do that with the rest of the 2020 class. If you want to just do that. Um, I mean, I think some of it might have to play a little bit of a factor. Obviously you would imagine that uh, Joe Douglas as the general manager would have more say, but wasn't there the uh, little rumblings that Adam Gase was so upset in the 2019 draft that they took, I forget who, but some somebody and walked out of the draft room. Like I, I'm sure they might have said, "All right, play nice and let Adam get a couple guys in the 2020 class." So why not? Let's do it. Greenbean, any thoughts on uh, how much say Gase may or may not have had? Well, one thing I can assure you is that every player, as as each player picked in that draft, gets cut from the roster. 
the more I'm going to attribute it to Adam Gase. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to do. So we're Whether kinda, it makes I'm sense or not, to, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just saying it. <laughs> I'm starting to feel pretty confident that that was Gase just kind of running the show. I'm starting to think that if Mims and, uh, you know, and Ashton Davis are, you know, get cut then, and Braden Mann, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that was all Gase. He stinks too, by the way. Now, Braden, no one gets more of a pass than Braden Mann. That guy stinks mm-hmm. and they cut Thomas Morstead to keep him. Yeah, it's it's a little odd, right? Like I I hope that man kind of picks it up a little bit, but he's been a little underwhelming after, you know, a lot of us being pretty excited for for what he was going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not where I I def, I agree this preseason has been sporadic at best. Um but I'm not too worried about him. I think he was trying new styles of kicks. He was kicking it on the tip. He was doing stuff. He's working it out for the preseason. Uh, Iowan Jets fan drops in says, have we talked about Green Bean's awesome wayward fan fund? Uh, How's that going? I know we were talking about that uh, on your show, I think, at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, man. We're about to get uh, a couple from Missouri, I believe. We have we have some logistics to work out. But, yeah, we've gotten now somebody from Iowa, from Albuquerque. New Mexico, from Chicago, and now we're working on people from Missouri. There's also a Floridian on the list that we might be able to just give a ticket to because he moved to the area. So, yeah, it's it's been incredible. You guys are donating money to the fund. The link is in all the descriptions of my videos. $5, $100. AbLab Studios donated $500. So what we're doing is we're paying for the travel expenses and the ticket for somebody to go to their first ever Jets home game. And again, man, the the people that have received it are blown away. They can't even believe it's real. Like, you know, check, is this real? Like you're really buying me a ticket on a plane? And uh, so it's been uh, it's been really cool to see. Iowan Jet is kind of running the fund itself and, you know, taking care of all the logistical stuff. So I'm really grateful for that. But you guys are amazing. If you would like to try, we have, we're kind of in crunch time to get the last people to this opening day game. But then we do have two tickets, thanks to Vino, for the, for the Bengals game, which we're donating uh, and trying to get up enough money to pay for some travel expenses too. So you guys are the best. I'd like to keep it going, but I think it'll probably be the first two games and then we'll probably close it down. But we're able to help and it's been great. That's a really cool fund. I'm a big, big fan of what you're doing over there. Uh, Frankie from Flatbush says, when God says, let there be light, Michael Clemens said, say please. Imagine Clemens is the real deal, and he's like one of the stealers of the draft, what this fan base is going to do. Oh, my uh, God. Dude, the, he's he's become like a cult favorite. Like after that first interview, it was just like, Wow. <laughs> I, I don't care what this guy does on the field. And then it's like, wow, he's got a motor. Like, this is the last play of, like, a preseason game. And this guy's, like, trying to chase down, like, quarterbacks. Like, blowing up his dude in front of him and just sprinting balls to the wall. Absolutely love it. Uh, Sneakers to Boots says, JD, we trust. Clemens motor almost better uh, almost better than sack. Than his sack? Or better than a sack? Manscaped. <laughs> Manscaped, <laughs> sponsoring the channel. Uh, I love it. Sneakers to boots. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's an exciting player to watch. Mumtaz hops in saying, uh, am I a bad Jets fan for not knowing who Tony Adams is? He could win surprise poll. Also, Hamza Nasiruddin 
had uh, pedigree, got hurt, didn't get a chance. Um, now, I, dude, I'm right there with you. I had no idea who Tony Adams was. <laughs> and I like, I make content for us. And I'm like, I was like, who's this guy? I'm looking under the defensive backs and I'm like, I don't see him. And I'm like, oh, he's a safety. Well, oh, well. Look, I'm he just a fan. He needs to switch his number to 33 and then he's going to be amazed at the amount of fan support he'll have in life this fall. Yes. Yeah, he's going to look at the old, and, yeah, I, I, Like, yeah, there's going to be a million 33 jerseys in the stands filled <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from their Adams. Who was the other Adams we had that did wear 33? Josh. There was someone. Josh, Josh Adams, that's what it was. I love it. I love when guys do that. I feel like it's yeah, kind of like yeah. a nice nod to the Jet fans there. Um, yeah. Clay Wavy says, Jake, are you a... <laughs> <laughs> I have no words for this, and it's amazing. Well... <laughs> My my, la- my last name's missing an S, but I mean you know where I stand. Play. I mean, come on now. Yeah. I am uh, I am a hundred percent an as man for What's sure. Titus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys in the chat, you guys could probably use the emojis to make whatever uh, Titus is. I know you guys have some creativity there. Um, oh boy. Oh, I love it. I, so, Jake, I added some emojis. I, I've always had, like, the J-E-T-S, but then I decided to add M-I-L-F, and, like, all of a sudden, we're getting, like, Scrabble words thrown in there. <laughs> it's like they're using the sauce bottle as an I, like, or the green bean. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, Oh, geez, I had something else. What the hell was I going to go with? Oh, I remember. All right. I want to talk a little Denzel Mims. And see what's oh, going on here. Forever. Uh, is Jets Forever still with us? He's somewhere in there. He said Clemens yeah, can pee in, in the concrete. Into yeah. the concrete. Pee into the concrete. He's still talking yeah. Ashton yeah. Davis. Free safety one, oh, baby. Yeah. I don't oh, know if you yeah. guys are this. Jets oh, Forever, right. everyone's favorite troll. He said on my show that if the Jets trade Mims, he's not going to watch sports anymore. That was an actual statement from him. So <laughs> <laughs> he's such a liar. What a bag of crap. <laughs> he's lying oh, through his teeth. If he even is a real human being, I'm still I still think it might be a robot. But I want to throw that out there. If Mims is traded, and I still think there's a chance they do trade him between now and week one. Uh, he's never watching sports again. So keep that in mind. Can so maybe it's a us? good thing. Maybe we want Mims to be traded. No, I'm kidding. We we love you, Jets forever. Just a little <laughs> less than some other people. Uh, <laughs> so, Jake, I want to hear your thoughts on Denzel Mims. Like, do you think he gets traded at some point? Is he on the team? Like, you know, moving forward. Like, where, where do we go with this guy? So, I really think they would move him if Douglas got the deal that he deems worthy of moving him. I don't know what that is, though. I mean, this is a general manager that somehow was able to get two ones for a box safety who is more of a liability in coverage than Ryan Gosling was. And remember the Titans, he turned Chris Herndon into a fourth round pick, which is extraordinary. That, By the way, the Herndon deal a year ago might be the best trade Joe Douglas has ever made. Not Darnold, not Adams, a fourth round pick for a guy who can't catch and I think had under five catches uh, this past year in Minnesota. Um, but I mean, if they get like a third round pick, I think they'd move Mims. If it's a fourth round pick, are they doing it? Eh, maybe. I mean, what if it's a fifth and it's a conditions where it could be a fourth? Would they do it? I, I think they would move them. I don't think that offer has come in. So I'm going to say it's 50-50. Mims is on the week one team. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where he winds up going, or, or not even where he winds up going, but how long we hold on to him, because I think there's going to be a, a the potential of him staying right to the deadline. Maybe there's a team that, that loses a quarterback, or not a quarterback, a, a wide receiver, or a team that you know maybe is doing better than they thought, and they're like, hey, we do need a wide receiver. I thought Green Bay would be an interesting spot for him just because of the LaFleur connection, but maybe you know if Mike LaFleur doesn't love him, then Matt LaFleur wouldn't either. But um, I think Green Bay is in a position where they want to win now. And maybe it's not even, you know, Denzel Mims. Maybe it's Corey Davis that winds up getting moved and they try to roll, roll Mims into the starting lineup. I, I haven't really put wow. too much thought into that. I've kind of thought about that more as like an after the season thing. But uh, Matt, you think any chance that Corey Davis gets traded at some point? And maybe Mims is kind of the guy we hold on to? I don't think they're trading that contract. I, I don't think that's something that a team is going to willingly want to take on. I don't think that would make a t- make a ton of sense. Um, in a scenario like we talked about earlier, where they keep both and then maybe just move on from Corey Davis as like a cap casualty kind of thing. I think you could maybe sell me on that happening, but I, I don't see Corey Davis getting dealt. I, I feel like Davis's contract isn't as bad as like maybe people might have thought last year when he signed it. He's getting like thirteen or thirteen five this year, and when you're looking at like some other wide receivers that are getting close to $30 million, like this is kind of a steal for this guy. If he winds up catching the ball, I guess that's probably the, um, you know, where it maybe goes off the rails a little bit, but I don't know. Green any thoughts on Denzel Mims? You think we hold on to him till like the trade deadline or you think, you know, do we move him earlier? Yeah, I think that's a crazy scenario. I, I don't even know if that even, if I've even thought about that yet, like the potential that, out of nowhere, Corey Davis is the guy that gets moved and Mims. I, I find that highly unlikely, but it's it's interesting. I didn't even ponder that one yet. Well, the, look, the uh, the Jaguars just traded LaVisca Chenault, a, a wide receiver in a very similar vein as Del, you know, Denzel Mims, same draft class um, and all that. And they traded him to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 7th and a 2024 6th. So if Carolina was offering that kind of a deal to the Jets, I'm happy to to see Joe Douglas not feel like I got to get anything for him. There's more value to have him on as wide receiver six than there is to get a seventh and a sixth round pick in, in two years uh, for him. So I, I got to say, I think Jake alluded to this. If, if, the, if the deal comes in that Joe Douglas wants, I think that he would consider it. But honestly, I haven't felt like he was going to get traded the whole time. And granted, I'm a, I'm a MIMS supporter, so just to make sure I say that, but I, I didn't feel like he was going to get traded the whole time. And uh, even when he asked for a trade, I made sure to tell people that doesn't mean that we're, ha- that we're trading him. It just means that the agent requested a trade. It doesn't mean anything. He's under contract for two years. You know, we don't have to trade him now. And I think, you know, looking at that last preseason game from MIMS, it's nice. It was just nice to see. Like, hey, man, if you leave me out here for more than seven plays in a game, I can actually do something. And um, I think maybe they they uh, they look at that and they say, you know what? If we don't get a third or whatever it is for him, we, we, we might as well just keep him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the right move. I, I think there's – you know, I hadn't really considered, um, you know, what Chenault was traded for. I didn't really like – I didn't look into it. I was just like, ah, oh, man, he went to Carolina. That means Mims isn't going there. But like – yeah, 2023 seventh and a 2024 sixth. Like, 
I'd be furious if we got rid of Mims for that. I'd be so mad. Chenault, did he? He wound up going ahead of Mims, didn't he? Isn't yeah. that like yeah? It was it was yeah. higher in the second round. That's wild to me. Has it has his issue yeah. been injuries? Is that what's going on with Chenault? He's been in yeah. He's been injured. Um, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. But he's I mean, he had like I think it was like a sixty-five catch season, something like that. But think about this: that was this is the third regime coaching wise that he's mm-hmm. had. And the Jaguars. So that's a, like a lifetime ago. Those are the guys that wanted him. Those guys are long gone. Uh, so, I, you know, you could see it. They brought in Christian Kirk and some other guys. And uh, LaVisca Schnault was the odd man out. Maybe they don't feel like he's a fit in their system. But he was actually – he looked pretty good some games that I watched with Trevor Lawrence too. I mean, he was – he definitely has his impact when he's out there. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's fascinating to see just kind of where the Jaguars went. <laughs> the last three years it's like uh-huh. oh man that's uh you know i remember seeing urban meyer i was like oh wow that could be a really good move for the jaguars you know florida guy you know i think there's going to be a the fan base is going to go nuts and then that dude imploded so hard <laughs> like i don't think i've seen someone like implode the way he did uh and then i'm looking at matt rule this is probably his last hurrah right like so him making a move for for chenault i think is a great idea and let, let's talk this for a second I hope the Panthers win a bunch of games. I really like Baker Mayfield. I think this guy's got a ton of grit. I don't know. Did you guys see the video of him coaching up? Um, was it Corral? Who's their quarterback? The backup? I think it's Corral. Yeah, Matt Corral. Yeah. yeah. They was talking to him at camp and he's like, hey, leverage. Like if you have your body turned to the outside, you can hit the out route depending on what the the corner does and what his leverage looks like. And you still have the ability because you're athletic enough to kind of whip it, not sidearm, but like without having to turn you know, into a throw, maybe like in the middle of the field. And it was just really interesting to watch a guy that was the former number one overall pick coaching a guy who's going to be, or hopefully, I guess, in the Panthers' mind, going to be the guy that could potentially be the franchise quarterback moving on. Not that Baker can't. I mean, if Baker balls out, they're going to they're gonna hold on to him. Uh, but I really, I want to see Baker do well this year, and I hope they beat up on the Browns week one. I completely disagree with you. I want the Panthers to crash and burn zero wins. That's what I What? Think. Why? <laughs> hate Why do you want to say that? I don't like anybody over there. What? Why not? Rubs me. I love Green. Because Matt Rule rubs me. I don't Why like does him. Matt Rule rub you? He shouldn't be rubbed. Why does Matt Rule rub me? Because I think he's an asshole. I didn't like Because you've been using man's numbers. <laughs> no, that's his like numbers thing. That's right. I didn't like what he did with that. I don't. I think that's kind of like... That's the slime ball way of doing things. Like, okay, great. So he waited to the last minute to report that he changed all the numbers. And I think uh, mm-hmm. the way I see it, that's very low sportsmanship. Now people are going to say, hey, you take every advantage that you can. I understand. I disagree with that. Plus, I don't want anywhere that we trade players. I don't want those players to do well, even though Sam isn't starting. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I'm rooting against everybody. And they're just in the group of everybody and I'm rooting against Carolina. If every team could go, you know, Oh, and 17, I would love that. Except the jets, of course. What well, so wait, green bean. What's better from the jet perspective than with Carolina? Cause think about this. They play the Browns week one. Would we want Cleveland to be Oh, and one going into that game or maybe mm-hmm. overconfident one and Oh, already having a win with Jacoby Brissett going into that home opener. What helps the jets win week two more? Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. I, I, well, and that's the thing that I do as well. Like I, I, the only way I root 
for any games is how it's going to impact the Jets. Like, that's what I do. I look at all the matchups and I go, okay, I want this team to win. You know, so I, I do that. I think it would be best if Carolina beat the Browns week one and have them reeling on their heels when we come in and Michael Clemens, uh, you know, gets unleashed all over them. That's what I, I think Owen one might be better. I do not want the Browns to win any games. I want them to go. Oh, and 17. I want Houston to get the number one pick. And I could just be like, ha, 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 screw you, Cleveland. I'm like, you know, I don't have any ill will towards Houston. I just, I hate everything that Cleveland stands for right now. Uh, Alvaraldo de Jesus says Michael Clemens was exposed to coronavirus. The virus is now in quarantine for a month. <laughs> Ablab comes in and says Mims is staying unless JD gets a fifth, nothing less, and he will play uh, his value up all year. If he is here, JD will gauge some or will gouge somebody for him next year. Uh, I think for me, it's, it's that Jake was saying it earlier, that fourth round pick. If I could get a fourth for Mims, I'm probably all right. Pulling the trigger third is really what I was hoping for, but I know it seems like no one's really going to bite at that. I I think like Greenbean was saying, there's just more value in having him on the roster as a guy backing up Corey Davis. We saw some injuries last year and our, our wide receiver core was depleted. You know, you lost Elijah Moore. The only guy we had was Braxton Berrios. I think having depth at wide receiver in this day and age, I think is is incredibly important. Jake, your thoughts. Completely agree. I wouldn't trade Corey Davis getting back to that. I think they like him too much as well. He was a captain last year. He had good chemistry with Zach Wilson. I was listening to Joe Flacco. He was on Carton and Roberts last week, and he was singing the praises of Corey Davis. So I don't think Corey Davis is going anywhere. And honestly, unless I'm getting like a fourth, at least for Mims, I'm probably keeping him because we're Jet fans and we see how this goes all the time with the injuries. So Mims at least has proven he could be a he could be a player. He's not going to be great. He's certainly not going to be what we thought he was going to be when they took him in the second round in 2020. But if Corey Davis gets hurt, at least Mims could come in and run those same same type of uh, you know pass routes. So I'd keep Mims unless I'm getting blown away with an offer, which I think if that were to happen, that would have happened today and it didn't happen. Greenbean, can I have you go to last week's Talking Jets panel? And Matt, could I have you go over to the Twitter sphere? And uh, just take a look. Let's pick a few sh- T-shirt winners. We're already like at the ten o'clock mark. That that flew by today. That flew. All right, guys, hit that like button if you're just jumping in here. If you want to get entered for the T-shirt giveaway, you got to run over to Jets Talk Two Four Seven Twitter and retweet the stream. Uh, or I guess you could leave a comment on last week's Talking Jets panel. But we're already picking qualifiers right now. Uh, I want five from each, uh, and then. Oh, Clay Wavy drops in. Clay says, Anunwa was one of our best homegrown talents to date. Sad story. If he doesn't get plagued with injury, he could have been a Jet till this day. Thoughts? Yeah, dude, Anunwa was someone I was so high on, but cautiously optimistic of because there were always injuries. And he had, I want to say it was like a six-game stretch or seven-game stretch that was like, wow, this dude's like, this is A.J. Brown. This is... um, you know, like DK Metcalf light. This is like all those players that you see that we wanted Debo Samuel. Like that was Quincy Anunwa five years ago or whatever, you know, whenever he played with us, Jake, what were your thoughts on Quincy? I, I really liked Quincy. I, I saw he's doing some work with like uh, Ethan Greenberg and the, mm-hmm. the Jets media team, which is pretty cool. Shout out to Quincy. I mean, he was a really good player when he played. Obviously we know the story. He didn't play. That's 
My my favorite mm-hmm. Quincy Anuma memory is the big catch along the 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 sideline in the mm-hmm. game against the Patriots in 2015 that Fitz then hit Decker in overtime for the win. The, the last meaningful win the Jets have had in the month of December, oh, by the way, but who's counting? Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait to remind us. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we haven't had a good season. Well, we haven't had a good season since then. There, There's really been no shot. No, um, this franchise has been an utter disgrace since week 17 in Buffalo in 2015. Like that, that is the mm-hmm. turning point for where the Jets have been, you know, they've had the worst record in the NFL since 2016. It started the last week of the season against the Bills in Buffalo that year. 100%. Uh, Matt, you got some names for me? Yeah, how many we need? Five? Let's go five. Okay, we're going to do... Uh, la, la, la. We got J-T, J-A-Y-T-E-E. Okay. We got, let me scroll down. Stud City 718. <laughs> he has a stud. That's what I hear. Joey Jets. Okay. The Jets Hanger. Could you imagine if the Jets Hanger is just the Twitter page for like the Jets week one box that we're sitting in? <laughs> We're just we're gonna send a shirt yeah. over there. They're gonna hang it up on the on the freaking jumbotron, right? All right, there you go. Give me another and one. Ryan Farley, related to Chris. So I hear. Love it. Uh, Green Bean. <laughs> Give me five names, Green Bean. So I'm doing Twitter, right? From last mm. week, or am I doing last week's talking? Joe, what did you just do, Matt? You I do last week's Twitter. talking jet, Jake. I want you to grab grab five names from the chat. As well. You grab five names from the chat. Green Bean, you grab five names from last week's Talking Jets panel. All right. Matt, you did Twitter? Is that what you did? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. All right. You guys ready for this? So we got older than dirt Jets fan, parentheses, a.k.a. Walt. Okay. We got J.E. Okay. Jay Spector. Okay. Kenneth Duffy. Okay. And Eric Craig. Jake, give me five names. All right. Uh, Is this based on anything or just pick random names? Nope. You could fly through the chat and just go random. You could do whatever you want. You pick five names. I don't want to play favorites. I mean, you're putting me in a tough spot here. Everyone's asking <laughs> to pick names. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm just going to try and just like I'm, uh, using my finger here and I'm just randomly scrolling and I'm going to stop at whatever name I land on to try and make this as fair as possible. All right. The first name is Big T Charlie. Big T Charlie. Okay. The next name is Dave from New Brunswick. Okay. Next name is, okay, PJ Burkett or Burkett. All right. Next name is Hawk. And one more. And the last one is... Oh, my guy, VR Eldago. VR Eldago. All right. So, Jake, we'd like to play. 
What was that? I said, nobody hate me. I'm sorry. I just pick random names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's how this works. We are going to throw a random amount of fingers up in the air, and we're going to play odds or evens, and we'll eliminate all these down until we got one person left. Three, two, one. Four, six, seven. We're scratching off the odds. Oh, no. Mr. Farley. All right. Three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Nine, what is that? Eight? That's eight. That's an even number. The Jets hanger, gone. Jay Spector, gone. Dave from New Brunswick, gone. We got four left. Three, two, one. Two, four, six, seven. It's an odd number. Stud City, gone. Eric Craig, gone. We're down to two more. Chat, first number, plus whatever we throw up. Three, two, one. Two, four, six, seven. Seven plus a three. That's a ten. That's an even number. Older than dirt Jets fan. You're gonna be our winner today. Older than dirt Jets fan. Wham! There you go. There Reach you go, out to Will. me on social media. We'll get you a uh, a t-shirt. I'll get you all your uh your sizes and whatnot. Uh real quick, Luigi says, we got the horses at wide receiver. Just look at the receiving corps around the league. Focus on the run. Keep it close. Hope for some good quarterback play in the fourth. Our D is ahead of schedule. Clay Wavy says, I have no clothes and need a shirt, please. Ah, Clay. We'll get we'll get you on the next one. We'll get you. I'll throw your name down here. You'll you'll be Clay Wavy. Bam. Next week. You'll be one of our qualifiers. All right. We have hit the end of our show. So I want to go around our panel, give our closing thoughts. Jake, thank you so much for coming on. Let everyone know what you got going on. Uh, well, Ryan, thanks for having me. You guys, you got this is like, you know, like the the dream team of like jet YouTubers. So an honor to make it on a Tuesday panel. I appreciate you guys. Uh, oh, you're me. one of us, dude. Oh, man, I try. <laughs> I try. I mean, I'm trying to keep up with what you guys do. So thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun. I mean, you guys know the drill. We talk Jets every day on my YouTube channel. So if you're a Jet fan, you like Ryan, if you like Matt, if you like Green Bean, hopefully you like my content as well. Green Bean, any last thoughts for our panel? Yeah, good time. Uh, you know, it's tough. Cut days are tough. So I'm glad to be with everybody. We can console each other and all that jazz. But uh, the Jets pod, our, my Monday podcast, is moving to Wednesdays for the season and tomorrow will be the first release with that schedule uh, keep your eyes out for it matt any last words for our panel green bean thanks for the reminder um i have one more monday and then i also move to wednesdays too because as green bean is learning it's very hard to do these shows on sundays isn't it my friend it's damn near impossible <laughs> so yeah we we got we got that going on it's gonna be a ton of fun check it out thank you i love it boys and girls Sauce Gardner's going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings in Willowbrook on uh, Thursday, 7.30 to 9.30. Get your sauce. Your boy's going to be there. I'm really excited for it. Can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Thank you for flying with us tonight. Hit that like button on the way out. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S.